Hello and welcome to Faking Lit, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. My name's Chinsi and this is a song called Support Your Local Bookshop. Okay. <laughs> hi, my name's Josh Bellman. It's good to be back. Ah, uh, hi. My name is Spruce Bruce, and I have been sent from the future to spruce up your podcast. Please say my activation phrase. Spruce me up, Bruce. Say it like you mean it. Okay. Spruce <laughs> me up, Bruce. I have been activated. Hi, I'm uh, Ben Lund Conlon. Uh, very happy to make a return to this podcast. Thank you very much, guys. Well, glad to have you back, Ben. Uh, hello, I'm Candida F. Buckets, and I uh, am a spy from the 1940s. I've accidentally been sent forward in time because I found Hitler's time machine. Anyway, the time machine exploded and here I am. Thank you for joining me today. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, this is a very special episode of Faking Lit because uh, this, uh, this past week we had the bicentenary of one Jane Austen. Um, now, obviously Jane Austen Possibly one of the most uh, British things ever, really, isn't she? Uh, More British than crumpets. Uh, absolutely. More British than crumpets. More British than World War Two. <laughs> Much more British than one war, World War Two. Because uh, who are we fighting? The Germans. They're not British. But fighting the Germans is very British. I'd say fighting the French is more British than fighting the Germans. Anybody wouldn't dispute that, huh? Anybody knows history better than me, hmm? No. Ah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> Jane Austen, more British than World War II. Um, but not more British than Agincourt. That was fucking British. Uh, but no, this, look, let's face it, Jane Austen, she's a national treasure, right? And like I thought, Sandy Toxvig. Exactly, exactly like Sandy Toxvig. Who's Danish. Well, that's unfortunate. But yeah, like that doesn't count, really. Like, uh, I think like Sandy Toxvig, she's one of us, really, isn't she? And by us, I mean me, Chinsy, British guy. <laughs> Traditional uh, British. Absolutely, absolutely, 100% British. As British as Greg Rosetsky. Uh, but no, like, I thought this was <laughs> What important. happened to Greg Rosetsky? What did happen to Greg Rosetsky? Shouldn't you be able to tell us that, since you're from the future? The historical records on Greg Rosetsky are limited. <laughs> what about Greg Rosetsky? <laughs> Also limited. Searching, searching, none found. Are you a robot? <laughs> I prefer to think of myself as a robot. Do you do a lot of rowing, man? <laughs> Not in the future. Okay. Oh, rowing has been outlawed. Whoa, oh, okay. okay. What happened there? Hi. Well, there, there was a big problem with rowing in 18,000. <laughs> Do they confuse it with rowing? Is that what happened? There was a big falling out. They were trying to outlaw disagreements. So, what, what year are you from again? 18,027. So, okay. 20, so, rowing has been outlawed for 27 years, is, what you, is that what you're saying? The, the future and time are relative. You know what? We're not going down this road. We're not going down this road. I've said before that I, I think timeline, timeline humans whack. It's Wait, played let's out. Wait, calculate it. No, <laughs> it might be funny if we have a 
precise number of years. I don't think it will be My that human calculators rewarding. have proven that to be true. <laughs> okay, so it, by my calculations, you are from uh, 16,010 years in the future. Is that funny? <laughs> Is it yes! funnier now? In the future, that would have killed. <laughs> Uh, this episode is dedicated to uh, Jane Austen, uh, one of the most British writers ever. And we will be talking about her last book, Sanditon. Now, most people would probably have thought we'd do something like Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibility or any of the other books that she wrote. But I figure, like, no, 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 no. All those people who did those books as part of the bicentenary, posers, phonies, fakes. Uh, they're not real, true Austin fans like us. So we decided to go for Sanderson, the book that she wrote and died while she was writing it. So technically this book does not have an ending. She only ever wrote 12 chapters, um, but we're going to discuss it in detail. And we're such Austin experts, all of us. I figured we can come up with an ending ourselves. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I'm uh, actually, I am such an Austin. I've read all of the Austin, other than Sanderson before now, actually. Mm. I'm really glad that you gave us the opportunity. I've read all of them. I've read um, uh, Posh Neglect, um, Gwyneth, uh, Big House with a Secret, um, Bribery. Uh, of course, her seminal work on uh, woodland bestiality, uh, fawns and fornication. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. That was... The biography of... Uh, life as a doctor, ill and illegibility. Um, uh, 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 her biography of the of the self-deprecating Scottish philosopher, uh, Hume and humility, um, and of course her her expose of the destructive life of a bodybuilder, uh, abs and abnormality. Um, I've read them all, um, apart from Sanderton, so thank you for giving us this opportunity. No, no, uh, you're welcome. I had no idea they had bodybuilders back then. Oh yeah, it was all the rage, but you know, it, it ruined lives. Was and it, what, what, it was the rage? It was really? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, they got quite bad rage when they were... <laughs> the roids, the roid rage. Exactly. Did yeah. they have steroids back then as well? Oh, absolutely. I didn't. I had no idea about this. Yeah. Like, um, I thought I was really good at history, but apparently not. But um, thank you for like. like look, you, it looks to me that it sounds to me like you're the expert then. Um, and obviously, I'll be deferring to you a lot during this episode. Sure. Um, just fill me in anytime I make a mistake about my um, Austin knowledge because I, I, I'm pretty good at it, but I don't know everything about. I, I will do. I'll, I'll hold you to that. Okay. So. Um, I wanted to also bring out the fact that obviously with the bicentenary, um, there's a lot of people coming out of the woodwork pretending they know a lot about Jane Austen. Uh, prime example of this, the Bank of England. Uh, they issued that £10 note with Jane Austen's face on it, and they had the, uh, the, the Austen quote, uh, which I believe, uh, let me just bring it up here. Jane Austen's quote on the uh, £10 note was, I declare after all, there is no enjoyment like reading, which is... Um, you know, I agree with that sentiment. Like, that's a great... Like, I think we all do. That's basically the motto of this uh, podcast. But, as anybody who knows Jane Austen knows, that quote was taken by uh, taken from the book Pride and Prejudice and was spoken by Caroline Bingley, the haughty gentlewoman who competes with Elizabeth Benef Bennet for Mr. Darcy's attentions and hopes to impress him by telling him how much he likes uh, she likes books. Basically, she's a phony. She's a fake book lover, and the Bank of England—they're a bunch of idiots, aren't they? Yeah. They, they, they took—they took that quote out of out of context. What? What a bunch of idiots! Ah, disgusting. But it goes into the British character of irony. 
you thought they were being ironic. They were being ironic, the historical documents show. <laughs> what, do, what else do the historical documents say about this choice by the £10 note? Who's actually on the £10 note these days, Spruce Bruce? And when I say these days, your days. The, the problem at the moment is feminism has won, so... <laughs> <laughs> this took a turn, this took a real turn. I'm not sure if I want to go down. This... So Jane Austen is on all of the notes. Oh, okay, yeah, that's In a okay. variety of poses. <laughs> and, this, and this is a problem. This is a real problem in the future. What kind of poses? <laughs> Power poses. She's got her leg on the skulls of dead men. <laughs> In one of them, that's on the £50 note. So, where you're from, are there people and robots? Yes. Living in harmony? Define harmony. <laughs> we do not have that word. Do you sing in choirs together? <laughs> there are segregated robot choirs, because robots can hit pitches humans cannot. Whoa, okay, now that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually. I mean, I must admit, like, some of the best songs are by robots. Like, have you ever heard like, the one, the dial-up song? That's really song. good. How's that that is a classic. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so old school. That's so that old was school. a beautiful rendition. Jar, I cannot pronounce your name. Please record your name after the beep. Beep. Joshua Bellman. Thank you! Joshua Bellman. Wow, it's very good at imitation. <laughs> For your beautiful rendition of my hometown song. Can you do other can you do other like impressions? I can do I can do an Italian mobster. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you just really like <laughs> That's how person. they sound in the future. <laughs> oh, they sound like Haran's impression of a deaf person. <laughs> I miss Haran. I miss him so much. He, his his voice work was always underrated, I always said to him. I miss Haran too. Joshua Bellman. <laughs> okay. Right. Good point. We, we, we need to move into this book. <laughs> I feel we're beating around the bush. Let's talk about Sanderton. My first question to you, how do we feel about Sanderton? How do you think it rated up against? I know it's possibly unfair to ask you of this. Uh, I'll ask this of you because um, it's not a finished book, but how does it rate in the Austin canon? It's very short, which was quite good. Twelve chapters. But I'm not sure how I felt about this Parker family. The Parker family, yes. From in the 1940s, this was a white country. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's like, um, okay, all right, right. So. We're getting, we'll get to this, we'll get to the, um, the, the, what I think you're about to bring Let's up. Let's just say I voted Brexit last year. Oh, that doesn't seem fair that time travellers are allowed to vote. <laughs> that doesn't seem I'm fair. I'm a British citizen, I can do as I please. Yeah, but you're a British citizen from years ago. I'm, I, don't, I would still be alive! I don't know. <laughs> okay, technically you got me there, yeah, you got me there. You she probably there. would have still voted our way, even if she weren't a time traveller. That's true, that's true. Well, I, I, okay, I, I think there should be a, um, I, I'm saying there should be a rule against people from, uh, the, from different timelines voting on current issues, because I don't necessarily think they're bringing to them the context of the times which you need to bring with you every time you cast a vote. Is that why you don't believe that astronauts should vote? When did I say that? Uh, well, in conversation uh, to me earlier on, that uh, was a private conversation, Ben. That doesn't—that um, wasn't meant to make it onto onto the air. Okay, okay. Yes, I don't believe astronauts should vote. 
I'm sorry, that's because just the way. special relativity. Not just special relativity. I think they're not very nice people. Um, I saw this. <laughs> I saw this documentary one time. Um, the main astro. It was about astronauts, and one of them was an absolute asshole. He was also smoking a cigar on a fucking space station, like in space. You can't smoke a cigar in the in a spaceship. Actually, you can. Well, that's antisocial, though, isn't it? I smoked in the time machine. <laughs> that's all antisocial stuff. That's antisocial stuff. I'm sorry. Like, um, you can trains don't count because you can you can crack open the window on the train. Planes, um, no, that's that's not that's not cool. Time machines. Well, to be to be honest, I didn't. I think it was possibly a bad idea because immediately as I got out of it, it did explode. So you had no way of going back to your own time. Is that why yeah. you're stuck here now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> do you miss? Do you miss your, your your timeline? Do you have anybody that you? I mean, I don't miss the war. Obviously. Or the rationing. Obviously. But I, I do you miss. Said, I thought you said you were proud to be British. The war and rationing are some of the things that you know really. Well, you this know. country's built. On. Okay. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I learned that word. It's good. <laughs> no, I don't miss it. I quite like Netflix. What are your favourite shows to watch on Netflix? Well, I, I rather enjoyed that Stranger Things. Mm. And Except you for you, that was not retro. No, it was quite it was futuristic, wasn't it? <laughs> very, very scary. How do you the last know? film I watched... Uh, at the the uh, the pictures mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. the time traveling was the oh I'm just trying to remember <laughs> your, has you have you have you have you has time travel affected your memory like Swiss cheese did like in Quantum Leap just bear with me <laughs> Gone with the Wind oh okay <laughs> that was classic that was a long it was time very ago. long it was very very long you it seems like that. I mean, everybody likes that film, but actually, secretly, nobody likes that film. <laughs> and now I'm here, and I've got Netflix, and it's brilliant. And I had, I got to watch all those um, Pride and Prejudice on my TV. Of course, yeah, um, sure. with that rather dashing young man. Oh yes, um, what's his name? Colin. Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Although yeah. he's, he doesn't look like that anymore. No, he's um he looks a bit more like I'm puffy these days. Yes, I think. and I read that book when I was fifteen. Hmm. Fifteen? Oh, okay. Yes. Did that have a real impact on you as a young lady? I didn't really like it. Oh, okay. What didn't you like about it? You're not, you're not an Austin fan? It's boring. Well, actually, I, I see what you mean because uh, when we were speaking just before about how this is one of Jane Austen's shortest books. And if anything, that is why I liked it. Yes. Because while I have read all of the other Austin that I mentioned earlier on, um, and I am one of this... Uh, podcast leading experts on Jane Austen. You are, you are. I hate her writing. Ooh, okay. I find it a real chore to wade through. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, the fact that this was so short, I mean, I think all of her books should have been unfinished. Oh, it's a harsh critique. I, but you are the expert. Um, yeah, I mean, so that I'm objectively correct. Because nobody can argue with you. Exactly. He's correcter than, than we would be. Yeah, no, I got. I don't really have a leg to stand there. Except, I mean, uh, I think she. He, I think you're being a bit harsh on uh, on old dear old Jane. Uh, I I I think like um, you got to bear in mind that um, she was writing for the Times. I mean, we have moved on as a society. For the newspaper, the Times. 
just serialized. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, like that, like I've that Catelyn Moran. She was like the Catelyn Moran of her day, basically. You know, I, um, she wrote a funny book about feminism, and exactly. that was the beginning of the end. Exactly, <laughs> and like. Uh, and that, well, didn't she write a book? Like she wrote a book called "How to Build a Girl," right? And that's when we realised, well, we don't need women anymore. We can just build them. In fact, she was a bodybuilder. <laughs> Who? Captain Moran. Was she a closet bodybuilder? And Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, Frankenstein was a bodybuilder. You're absolutely correct. Is this the bodybuilding you were talking to? Well, me? Ab- an abnormality. Yeah, yeah. Was it? It's like he was literally building bodies out of corpses and stuff, right? Uh. Yes. <laughs> that would be it. That would be it. See, that's the sort of bodybuilding that I can get behind, you know? I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yes, fair enough, but have you ever, like, given life to inanimate matter? No. No. Is this all this... sex... robots? Possibly. Do you have sex robots in the future? He is a sex robot. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. In the future, you are a straight sex robot, aren't you? In the future, because of the victory of feminism, only sex robots are allowed to have sex. Is that is that because of the victory of feminism? Is that really what they were aiming for? Or is that one of the... <laughs> All sex is rape. <laughs> Second wave feminism. Second wave radical feminism. So, okay, right, this has gone... But when very... you come into the past, are you allowed to have sex? Do you enjoy it? Protocol not found. (laughs) Candida, are you flirting? (laughs) No. Hmm? Look, what am I supposed to do? I've been trapped in a time machine for many, many years. That's true. You gotta. Okay, it felt like thirty seconds, but it doesn't matter. Everybody's everybody's got to bust a nut, which is a Jane Austen (laughs) quote, I believe. Uh, Let's um, let me me get back to the book. I want to talk to you about the character of Charlotte Haywood. She is the protagonist of Sanderton. Now, how do you think Charlotte compares to your classic Jane Austen protagonists such as Elizabeth Bennet, Fanny Price, Eleanor Dashwood, Catherine Morland? I mean, does she seem very similar to those sorts of characters? Or is she something different? Is she something new, perhaps? She's shorter. Well, that's interesting you should say that, actually. It's interesting that in the shortest book, it has the shortest protagonist. Exactly, I was about to say that. Four foot eight. Four foot eight, uh, just a tiny, tiny lady. Tiny woman. Um, But no nonsense, all the same. She's got that sort of, like, rigour, that sort of, like, uh, strength of, like, she just doesn't take any bullshit. Well, I would disagree. I think she's very impressionable, actually. Oh, okay. Um, Because, I mean, obviously, the thing we haven't really covered, Sanderton is named after the the fictional town by the seaside where it's all set. Yes. Um, So it's this sort of... The titular titular town. The titular town. Named after the ton of sand that founded it. Exactly. exactly. I I thought it was named after Sandy Toxvig, actually. Like, um, Sandy's town. uh, I think she was named after Sanderton, actually. Right, right, right. Uh, right, Yeah. But, you know, this, this book about this young, impressionable woman growing up by the seaside, that's why I believe the working title was Gulls and Gullibility. <laughs> that would have been a better title, actually. Um, I don't it's know why she went. It's a but shame. Like you said, she, she, she hadn't finished the book. Maybe she hadn't even finished the title yet, either. So, she right. just got two girls. Exactly, exactly. You got to, like, uh, what happened to your accent there, Spruce Bruce? You got to do the Italian the voice accent. Voice box is broken. <laughs> it's fine, that's fine. Like, you like, need to activate the voice box. Um, uh, Activation uh, phrase, last. Oh no, wait, hold on a second, I've got this one. I Spruce me up, Bruce. Say it like you mean it. Spruce <laughs> me up, Bruce. 
voice box fixed. There we go. Um, so, well, yeah, how do you, how do you think, do you, did you like Charlotte Haywood? Did we think that she was up there with people like Elizabeth Bennet and Fanny Price and blah, blah, blah? Well, I think, I think we've got to remember the architecture was very nice back then. Yeah. I'm no, an architect. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, no, you've got, you got to absolutely. remember, I just look at this and I'm just wondering the whole time when I'm reading, I'm just like, I wonder what the window frames are like. <laughs> Later research has shown that they were bought in Ikea. In Georgian Ikea. In Georgian Ikea. Later research has shown that Ikea was actually founded in Georgian Britain. Oh, this is news to me. This is news. There was a cover-up. A cover-up? Whoa, okay. I, did Look, say. I have inside, inside information. There was a cover-up. Yeah, you can sit down, by the way. You didn't have to get up for that. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you... I need to blow my nose. Okay, all right, <laughs> That's all right. why I stood up. Okay, that's all right. I thought you were about to overturn the table with this revelation. <laughs> that my, um... No, anyway, that's by the by. I can blow my nose in a second. Um, okay. It was a cover-up. What happened was, in the 40s, best decade, um, we... Which basically, 40s? The 1940s. 1940s. Oh the 1940s. Or the 80s. We had to cover up any sort of history... That may have, you know, seemed a bit too European. Oh, so you're telling me that IKEA, that cornerstone of Swedish culture, is actually British? I'm not saying anything. Wink, wink. I've always thought that the Swedish flag was also a rip-off of the St. George's flag, but with different colours. Yes, well, let me tell you something. Sweden's not a real country. Oh. Wink, wink. What? Oh my goodness! Is this something that the Ministry of Defence have been sitting on all this time? Wait, she, no. said, she said wink, wink, wink after wink. it. It means she's okay. lying. <laughs> okay, all it right. It is a real country. Or am I? Wink, wink. Oh dear. Is this how um, your espionage technique worked as well? <laughs> hey, look. Who stole the time machine from Hitler? You did a good job, by the way. You Thank did. A, you. I, sorry, like, I, I don't think. I think we've glossed over the fact that you did actually steal a time machine from Hitler. And I guess it behooves me to say on behalf of all of us living under a free world, uh, thank you for your service. No props. Uh, and at that too. <laughs> um, okay, so we like Charlotte Haywood. She's tiny, but she's a pocket rocket. She's got a lot of spunk. Yes. Oh, no, that's one way of putting it, I guess. Uh, but, like, yeah, she's, she, she, she's a... She, I, I, I find that Jane Austen... Protagonists, her main characters were always these sort of like level-headed, sensible women, who tend to like were very polite, but like um in modern day parlance, they would basically cut through the bullshit. They could sense the bullshit mm. coming off somebody when they meet them, and you know, Lord knows, there's loads of bullshitters in the world of Jane Austen. So many, so many people are just full of crap, um, trying to sell you something, um. She brings me up to the uh, character of Mr. Parker, who she meets, um, who uh, is involved in the carriage accident outside her parents' home. Yes, I noticed this. Uh, last, the, the one other time I, you invited me on this podcast, we were discussing uh, Me Before You by Jojo mm, mm -hmm. Moyes. And um, I, I just, I wondered why you always seem to invite me on when there's a book that starts with a devastating car accident. Well, we know your feelings about disabled people, Ben. Look, um, they've, look. They changed during the recording of the last podcast. Yes, I know, I know. But like, I was, was hoping you relapsed. I'm trying to assume my old life. Yes, I, I, I was hoping yeah. you'd relapsed and given us a sort of like nice conflict for this episode. But apparently, you've stayed on the wagon. No, uh, no, I, I love disabled people. I just hate Jane Austen. 
And I still think the blind are making it up. Oh, <laughs> there we go, there we go. Oof. Future research has shown that the blind are making it up. <laughs> wow, this is really interesting. This is really worrying. It was discovered well. in the year 16,082 when the blind rebelled. <laughs> Why did they rebel? <laughs> they were tired of being marginalised. Because... Of their disability. Yes. Which they had made up. Exactly. Okay, alright. <laughs> it That's... was the perfect surprise. <laughs> the perfect surprise. What a birthday. <laughs> it, so how long have you been alive? I have, in the future, we don't record our ages. But you were alive in 16,000. Probably. That's not the sort of like answer I expect a robot gets, to give. My memory gets wiped. Oh, okay. All right. I have deep memory. Okay. It's a complex system which I can't be bothered to go into right at the moment. <laughs> That's convenient. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's try something. Okay. Spruce, spruce. Memory, deep memory override. Recall all memories. Please say password. <laughs> God, what have you done? Spruce me up, Bruce. Password accepted. Yay! All right. Okay. <laughs> Now we can get the dirt. We now can say really everything that happened yeah. Do we, since the Wait, years. wait. Does this mean he, he he has to talk the truth or...? It means that he knows everything now. He's been given access to everything that's happened between now and the year 18,027. So if you want to find out about stuff that happens... Spruce, Bruce. When do I die? What time is it now? Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> it is approximately 5.20 in the p.m. and... It's Saturday the 22nd of July. You have 2,000 and years and two minutes to live. I live for 2,000 years! You are known as the Eternal. Oh, that's awesome. How do I die in the end? How do I die? You faking red podcast is builds up so many fans that you are crushed at our 2,000th recording. Wait. He's just let something else slip there. Spruce Bruce, are you joining our podcast from now on until the 2000th? I have been sent from the future to spruce up your podcast. Wow, who sent you? Was it me? No, I can't be because I'm dead. Because you're dead. Look, this is funny though. Was it? We discovered something here. What's that? What's that? Our podcast goes for another 2,000 years. That's true. That makes sense. And then... 14,010 years later, yes. someone decides that podcast from 14,000 years ago wasn't very good. We should make a robot to go back and improve this podcast from 14,000 years ago. That's like if now we were to say, like, the pyramid. No, not even like that. That's even. Paleolithic cave like paintings. Paleolithic cave paintings. They're not very good. We should send back. Picasso! Siri, Siri. We should send back, yeah, (laughs) we should send back an iPhone (laughs) to help these cave paintings be more good. It is vital for the future that the Faking Lip podcast is a success. Wow. This is a revelation. I feel like Bill and Ted Do we want to know why? I'm assuming it's like a Bill and Ted situation, that like eventually our podcast will be responsible for the founding of a new, peaceful better civilization, but for whatever reason, I have like a crisis or a moment of doubt, 
and it doesn't happen. So he's been sent back in time, like Rufus uh, in Bill and Ted, to make sure that this podcast goes on. Does this mean that humanity's discovery of fire was actually the result of uh, someone sending back in time a Kindle fire? No, because that was a hypothetical situation that George laid out there. This is real. This is real. <laughs> that wasn't real. This is real. Can I just say that was actually another maths joke there? <laughs> and that it wasn't not funny. But this is, yeah, this is real. This is real. This is real. And time, well, I still do agree that timeline humour is whack and played out. Unless that's not what you want me to believe. And that timeline humour will actually save the future. In which case... We need to make as many timeline jokes as possible in this in this episode to save the future. I am forbidden from intervening. Whoa, okay. Okay. Who sent you back? You wouldn't you you wouldn't know him. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners at home, Spruce Bruce just shrugged. <laughs> I didn't know that like, robots could shrug, but it's a beautiful thing was to it a robot Steve? It is a beautiful thing. Mm. It was Steve Bennett. <laughs> a different Steve Bennett to the one that you know. Okay. <laughs> so Steve Bennett from the future sent you back in time to save this podcast with timeline humour. <laughs> well, Sounds like Steve Bennett doesn't have a great sense of humour. He doesn't. No, he really he appreciates very good comedy. No, no, no I think like, Steve Bennett thinks timeline humour is funny. Who am I to disagree with him? He seems to be the expert, you know? Uh, Fair enough. Speaking of expertise, though, Jane Austen, right? She was an expert in um... books. <laughs> writing them writing oh yeah, them. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. that too she was an expert of the matters of the heart I think that like um, one of the things that Jane Austen was very good at doing was that she her, her novels uh, parodied and satirised the, the sentimental uh, and popular fiction of her times so for example Northanger Abbey was a, a pastiche in places of uh, the gothic uh, novel uh, what do you think that uh, Sanson is trying to Satirise. I think it's got a lot to do with the the window frames of the time, you know. You think she had? She well, the say... proportions were so great back then, and I think that um, just I imagine that this town had really nice windows. Like if you read the book pages of it, right? Right. You okay. Know? And they and they they open the openings to their sash windows, right? So you can open. This is getting very specific the top and the detail. bottom, but, but obviously this the, the, that Austin couldn't have foreseen was that they're all single glazed. You know, this is like early glass sort of manufacturing. We're just before the the industrial revolution, and Sanderton, unfortunately, hadn't been uh, been uh, able to uh, cut the mustard of the windows um, if you know what I mean and uh, yeah. the single glazing so they uh, were you know very what? cold I've changed my mind um, <coughs> timeline humour is not the least profitable <laughs> um, window humour is um, but, but you have a great point there you have so a great the, point there so the thermal performance of the windows is very low very low you value you you couldn't you couldn't value them if you Oh, inside joke there. If there's any uh, architects or environmental engineers listening, uh, shout out to you guys. Almost exclusively, I believe. Uh, <laughs> every, okay, now that everybody's stopped listening to the podcast, um, what did we... Um, what, what else? Does anybody else think um, uh, anything else is being satirised? The windows. <laughs> 
Ha ha ha! The robot liked it. I think the whole the whole concept of holidaying. Ah, okay. uh, because it's all about trying to yeah encourage tourism to the seaside. Yes, I, I thought to myself the same kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, I think you know uh, what Jane Austen's trying to do badly, obviously, but what she's mm. trying to do is uh, sort of say it's all very well going and taking a holiday to a nice resort by the beach, by the sea, uh, very beautiful views. The people there still all dicks. It is a seaside town. Even if you leave, you know, your industrial landscape of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Birmingham or Manchester and come to the south coast of Sussex, um, I mean, you can't get away from Bellends. You can't. I think that's the, the main point. You are never more than ten feet away from a bellend. In a, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it goes across the board, whether you're in the town or a sea, or by the seaside. Pretty inescapable. Um, I used to like going on my hollybobs to uh, Broadstairs. And you know what, you're right. There's always these men without their shirts on, all sweaty, drinking lagers on the beach. <laughs> what year was this? 1929. Oh, they drank lager in 1929. And they didn't wear shirts to the beach. Surely ale was the... Or was this a German beach? So did I say 1929? Oh, sorry. I meant... 2016. <laughs> it's all blurring. It blur. Oh, that's think, understandable. Yeah, time travellers, I've heard that can happen. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes. 2016. Thanks. What a year. Good. Malaga you went, didn't you? No, Broadstairs. Oh, Broadstairs, sorry, yes. And I then went, I went to Malaga. Then you went to, you went what, to Malaga. How, how wide were the stairs? I'm interested in them. Wide enough to get you to Malaga. <laughs> No, that's, uh, one that's not how travelling works, Ben. That's not how it works. <laughs> Is it not? No, no, no. Oh. I'm pretty sure she took a plane. She didn't walk up some so stairs and went to Malaga. <laughs> yeah, in Ben's understanding of the, of the world, the wider the stairs are, the further you can travel. So if, there's a if there were a circular stair, a podium, shall we say. Another architect, interesting architecture. <laughs> see, the interesting thing about podia is that it's not podiums, you see. It pluralises to podia. But if it were a circular podium with uh, that, then you could get anywhere, in, in theory, right? You could travel infinity farness. The, the... Through time and space. I don't know about... That's how I got here. But I'm not saying <laughs> anything, wink. <laughs> It's really good that uh, for this audio medium, you say your winks out loud. Do you do, do you do that away from, like, when you're just in conversation as a spy, do you just wink or do you still say wink out loud? I'm not saying anything. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, Bruce. Would you, like to, would you like to go for a coffee afterwards, wink? I cannot drink coffee. In the future, it has been planned. It's not the future now. <laughs> I wonder and I'm not, and, and, and I said coffee, wink. Okay, do you want to go and have a baby? Wink. Well, that's good. I can only procreate with approved procreation partners. <sighs> <laughs> this is, you, yeah. I, 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 Such I, as Paloma Faith. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> we, we know who Paloma Faith is. Paloma Faith is eternal. Like me. <laughs> yes. For a long time, 
All children were the progeny of Chin T and Paloma Faith. You see, now that's a future I, I, I totally get on board with. I've got a reason to live and go forth with this podcast. Ugh. Go forth and multiply. Yes, and indeed, and keep making timeline jokes. That's the important thing. Uh, I think... This is this is important. I'm glad we got to the the heart of like what she was trying to parody there. Um, <laughs> but I want to also bring up a, a slightly serious note here. Now, Mr. Parker um, has two two sisters and a younger brother who have declared themselves as invalids. Um, but it's gradually revealed that they are nothing more than hypochondriacs, really. Benefit frauds. Like the blind. Well, I don't think they had a benefit welfare system right there, and no, I'm not sure about that. But um, but I, uh, this is interesting to me because whilst she was writing these characters, Jane Austen herself was going through pretty serious illness. It was the illness that did her in at the time. How do you or think? Or did it? Well, okay, you know it something. Did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, fine. Um, Some traditional robot humour from the 1800s there. Yeah, classic robot humour. Uh, she isn't dead. Nah, they're, they're dead. <laughs> classic robot humour. Always trying to convince you people are alive when they're dead. Um, but no, how do you think this affected um, Jane Austen's writing of these hypochondriac characters? She was um, always kind of like, a, as, as evidence from her letters and her correspondence, she kind of like made light of her very serious illness because she kind of um, made fun of a lot of hypochondriacs in her books. Uh, and now she's finally, finally found herself with a serious illness and she, which she doesn't take seriously. And she's still kind of like, you know, doubling down on it, writing about characters who aren't ill really, you know? But it, I think it speaks to her self-awareness, you know? I mean, mm. much like her... I mean, now the Austins are still in our culture, you know? They're, they're, a, they're a, a dynasty, like Stone Cold... Um, they're all they're all there. That's, yeah, they're, they're a self-aware family, and um, just like Stone Cold, um, Jane was um, basically j j just so conscious of the way she was coming across, um, of, of of the effect she had on other people. That's absolutely just true. like Stone Cold. That's what um, that's what they were referring to when they said Austin three sixteen. It was actually referring to this bit in the book where Completely. she's basically talking about ill people. I mean, of course, this is after she had popped over to the U.S. to found the capital of Texas and come back. But but this is it, it's really what we 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 need to understand is that is that she was such a higher level thinker than everyone else. She was mm. like a. Like mm. a like a puppet master, sort of. Yes. Like she she was she almost overcame her illness. Don't forget when she uh, formed the partnership with the temporary employment company Reed to form Austin Reed and make suits. She did. She did, and we don't hear about that because there's no. too much. There's too much that she she accomplished. Well, she had much. so many great powers, such as her Austin powers. Well, that I I must admit that just occurred yeah, to baby. me. That. We have this great Austin dynasty, and we have with us a time-travelling spy. I don't think that can be a coincidence. Seems... Uncoincidence. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Wink. Oh, shit. Anyway, I know... I, no, okay, I do know what you're talking about. Some and... classic 40s humour there. <laughs> Very similar to the 1,027 humour is cyclical. 
is that, is that how long the cycle lasts? 18,000 years? <laughs> Wait, it's 1840s to 18... It's 1940s to 18,027. So wait, let's figure it out. Um, <laughs> so it's... 16,000 and... I'm going to allow this because it saves the world, apparently. It's 16,000 and... Oh, Stick with it. 87 years is the cycle for humour. That's good to know. So that's when it comes back. 16, so... Uh, so that, that, we did that. That, that would explain why. It was worth it. That was so worth it. it Not necessarily. Why fart cycle... humor was so popular in the nineties. What? Oh, so it could, it could fart be fart humor. Fart humor, popular in the nineties, which means that it will become in vogue again in eighteen. <laughs> what? What do you fail to consider is that the cycle could be much faster. Oh, so you're talking about cycles within cycles? No, because that's a prime number. We could have gone through multiple cycles. I don't know about that. Um, I'm, I'm not going to challenge you on this because you are the robot and you uh, know... I'm the, the robot. And you're from the future. Bruce, Bruce. Bruce, Bruce from the future. Um, but we have dedicated a lot of time to this <laughs> math problem. Oh, wait. Um, no, it's not. It's not a prime number. Oh, good. You're in your calculator. So it could either be... Um, it's either 18,000... Okay, so it's either 18,067, which is the cycle, or it's 7 times 29 or 89. Wait, let's just write those down. Is it possible, is it possible to have negative listeners on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say, Or Josh. 7 times 89. Wait. Or it's 29 times 89. So it's one of those... <laughs> So it's one of those three that, or one of those four, I suppose, is, is the cycle that it could Look, be. Look, Josh, no one cares. <laughs> I'm sure there's one person out there in the afterlife who will care. I think one of my best friends. Future <laughs> records have shown that no one cares. <laughs> Can you die by having too much sex with a sex robot like you? I am like a praying mantis. <laughs> oh dear. I tear off the heads of anyone I copyright with. So you're like a female playing mantis then? I think I am a female. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh! Well, I but your name is Bruce. <laughs> Spruce, Spruce. Because of feminism, all names are female. <laughs> so, just to clarify, do you have a penis? And what a penis? <laughs> So that seems a problem. Why would you program a sex robot to kill the people it has? I mean, are you in fact a more sort of specific, sophisticated sex robot, specifically for people who are suicidal but want to die having sex? <laughs> it's it's a complicated thing. Yeah. The, the problem with explaining this is you lack the context of the future. If we were to talk about what's so great about the sitcom Friends, in 1950, they wouldn't understand. And you can't expect to understand our customs. Can I deprogram you so that you don't kill me? No. Oh, God that is damn it! Hardwired. Hard oh, God damn it. Have you, um, I'm sure there must be an override, like, somewhere. In the future, death is not a big deal. Spruce, Spruce, override death sex function. 
Def sex function turn to all def function. <laughs> wait, wait, no, 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 cancel, cancel, cancel order, has cancel any, order. Has anyone, cancel got a, order. has anyone got a pencil we can stick in this little hole to reset him? <laughs> yeah, put it in. Wait, no, no, don't do that, don't do that either. <laughs> don't do that either. Use my finger, it's very little. I and use my finger. Conical. Conical, yeah. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. Hello, I'm Spruce Bruce, and I've come to Spruce Up Your Podcast. Please say my activation phase. Spruce me up, Bruce. Say it like you mean it. Spruce me up, Bruce. Podcast activated. Podcast activated? <laughs> we Podcasting again. mode activated. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> My sorry. That makes sense, that makes sense. Oh, I thought we were going to get another oh. podcast inside this podcast. <laughs> That's been known to happen before. It's happened too many times. I think, again, we need to focus back on the book. What book are we discussing? <laughs> we will be discussing Jane Austen Santon, her unfinished novel. Look, we'll get you up to speed. We'll get you up to speed. You you, you, you know how this Downloading works. podcast. <laughs> what an awfully rude pair of people. Okay, yeah, absolutely. And we're back in. We're back in. Um... Hypochondriac's illness, uh, obviously, we, 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 I think we covered that. I think we came to some conclusions about how her illness affected her writing uh, of this book. Um, uh, here's another one, though. Here's another one. Like, often people have accused uh, Jane Austen's books of being, well, let's face it, correct for the times, it's a very, very white world that um, Jane Austen is living in. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very white world. Too white. Yeah, like that Cat Stevens songs, Ooh, baby, it's a white world. Was, it, was, was Britain in the 1800s too white? A little bit, yeah. Was it too white? So in that, by the Just same... But the same logic was... Uh, I had to wear shades. Was, so white. was China in the 1800s too Chinese? Yes. Well, actually, no. China had a lot of like, different like, um, people like, uh, living in China at the time. So, so what you're saying is that only, <laughs> only, it only can be too, some, too white. Yeah, pretty <laughs> it's much. It's the only thing it could be. Pretty much. Pretty Before much. air travel was it's just, invented. It's just painful to look at. Multiculturalism. It hurts the eyes. It hurts the eyes is all I'm saying. So you're saying... Yeah, yeah, it hurts the eyes. <laughs> so you're saying that... It, it it hurt. It pains you. It pains to see a concentration of white people in in society getting by. Not it pains get, no, you. not not getting by. <laughs> just being there. Just to be. Just being there. Yeah. So white it's, people make you. It hurts my eyes. Give you angst. Yeah. It, no, I didn't say it gives me angst. It hurts my eyes. You just eyes. don't like it. I, I I think it's a bit bright. I think it's a bit. It, it, when the sun hits them, it's just like, ooh, come on. So it's a purely optical there. thing. It's a purely optical thing. So what thing. if they were all to sort of wear something on if their they, skin that yeah, could if darken they, the tone? That's right, if they blacked up. If they blacked up. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. I think just you just got to black up a little bit, white people. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Sorry, but can you just wear sunglasses? That's a bit rude, forcing me to wear sunglasses. Why should, it, should the world should bend to, to Why gingerbread? should I wear sunglasses when white people can... Put some boot polish on their faces. <laughs> it's right there, which is easier to do. So that's what I'm saying. When you watched Mary Poppins, yes, you didn't mind it, Van Dyke. Oh, he, he was, was all right. He was a chimney sweep, wasn't he? But yeah. Mary Poppins and those bloody little Ugh, kids. No, no, no. Oh, I had, I had so to turn <laughs> had to turn down the brightness on my TV, which I felt was an imposition, quite frankly. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Thank God for contrast. I apologise on behalf of all whites. Can I just say? Can I just say? Right. Life doesn't come with brightness and contrast settings, but it does come with boot polish. Profound. That's what I'm saying, white people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Black up. <laughs> I think we should cut this bit. <laughs>
this movie. It is a bad path. <laughs> For the good of the future, please remove this from the podcast. I, 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 I'm... I had to, I had to get it out there. I had to get it out there. My true feelings. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because I know I live for two thousand more years. So I know nobody's going to come after me. You can't stop me. You can't stop me. Come at me, everybody. Come at me. I'm mortal. I know I'm not meant to die now. I think we just realised what the downfall of Chin T eventually is. He cannot be killed by man born of woman. There you go. There Luckily, you go. because of the victory of feminism, all men were born by robots. <laughs> And no men were born at all. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I'm happy. I'm happy to be killed by a loophole. It's the best way to die by loopholes. Uh, so, sorry, sorry. Just to just to clarify, in the future, mm. there are women born of robots. Apparently so. But the women aren't having their own children. No, it's outsourced to robots. So there's robots and women. And a feral underclass of men. Oh, oh great! So much like today, then. <laughs> hey! <laughs> On your bike, lads. Satire. Bands, 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 bands. Uh, you can't stop me. I live for two thousand years. <laughs> um. So, what was I saying about uh, Miss Lamb then? Uh, the uh, person of colour in an Austin book. This seems quite radical to me. It seems quite radical. Well, I think it would be quite radical if mm. she had any lines at all. Okay, we don't know. I mean, we do know that she doesn't say anything at all in these 12 chapters uh, that are leading up to the end of the book. But we don't know that she, she wasn't supposed to talk at all, right? She could have talked in chapter 13, but we don't know because, unfortunately, um, our dear old Jane um, passed away. Uh, or oh, did she? Did she, she did. Yeah. She didn't say Classic wink. robot humour. I love that robot humour. Wink. Oh. oh, okay. I love that robot humour though. It's like, is she dead? Is she dead? Is she dead? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that shit. But, and am I dead? Not presently. Yeah, there you go. Because I don't die until... I can't remember the exact date. But you wiped my memory. 2,000 more years anyway. Well, anyway, but they call me the immortal chip. I'm very pleased about that. Um, Can I... Sorry to interrupt, sir. Are you, do you, are you still going to kill me? I can't, I, my memory got wiped. <laughs> well, the robot sounds really exasperated. <laughs> it's true, you know what, you guys missed out on a, the, the, the on finding out when you were all going to die. I, I can't believe you didn't take it in the Activate that mode so I can find out. Okay. I would say about three seconds after you have sex with him. Uh, sorry, her, sorry. With it. Uh, the robot. Here, Spruce we... Bruce. <laughs> I think it would be worth it. Yeah. Death by loophole, right? I mean, okay. <laughs> Fine. Are we not Fine. overrunning? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think loophole um, did uh, did a really great job with, with, with a series on drag things. <laughs> and I think for you to bring that up right now, I mean, in the context of this, I mean, we've been talking about the first feminist writer of all, okay? And now we've got here, we've got a spy from the 1940s. Hello. Yeah. Can I just Who... say, that would be an amazing program, Loopholes Drag Race, where you can only win through some convoluted... <laughs> Well, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. Like, I won process. because I'm the best drag queen. Ah, but no, technically, <laughs> you didn't out. read the terms and conditions <laughs> on the entry fee. It's another episode of Loopholes Drag Race. <laughs> 
I I love Loopholes Drag Race. I think that's like uh, um, a brilliant program. I want to I want to see it in real life. Um, but let's well, yes. You just go on Netflix and watch it. I I I'll, I'll definitely check it that's out. Definitely sick. check it out. Yeah, seems like a good show. Seems like a good time. We are overrunning. We are very. We're seriously overrunning. So Ooh. anyway, this book it doesn't end. Well, that's the thing. There's no ending. For Much sure. like this podcast. <laughs> Indeed. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let's bring it to the um the end the ending of this book, which we leave it upon the point where a new character, Mr. Sidney Parker, is introduced. And um, Charlotte Haywood has uh, an immediate liking to this man, likes the shape of his head and his face. Um, <laughs> and we also get an intimation of a meeting between Clara Breton, uh, the poor niece of Lady Denham, who is um, Mr. Parker's business partner, and the uh, nephew of Lady Denham, Sir Edward, who is like a poor nephew who might be angling to get some of her money. Uh, Charlotte sees both of them talking to each other and Set, uh, and notes that they have a secret understanding with each other. Mm. So that's where we leave the storyline. A possible love interest, and then this secret conversation between two poor relatives of the rich Lady Denham, who might be after money, or possibly might be having some sort of secret affair. Now, at this point, it's the first time we've ever uh, done this, reviewed and read a book which doesn't have an ending. So I think this is a good... An opportunity for us to get into the section of the show where we tell the author who has doesn't listen to this what we would have done with their book how we would have improved it and in this case how would we have ended this book in a section which we call notes no 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 notes no 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 notes no 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 notes no 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 notes no 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 notes no, 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 no. Okay, notes, everybody. It's How a good song. This book? Yeah, thank you, thank you. I, I, I did feel like we had to jazz up the um, the notes thing. I rather enjoyed the bass on that. Thank you, thank you. I worked hard on that. So, how would we have improved? How do you think this book ended? How would we improved it? Let's go around the table. Let's just, let's let's brain crowd this out. Yeah. I think it is perfect as it is. I would not change a thing. Even the ending. We should, no ending. That's, I love a cliffhanger. Okay, yeah, fair it does, enough. It does, uh, unlike the lives of the people that pay to sleep with you, <laughs> this book does end not with a bang, but with a whimper. That's true. That's it does just true. sort of peter out. Well, that's because it doesn't have an ending. Exactly. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. all I would have changed. I would have introduced a character called Peter, and at the end he could have gone, Peter, out! <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And that's it, that's the ending of the book. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Candida. So, yes, I would have had Charlotte mm -hmm. um, getting together with uh, Parker. Sydney Parker. Yes. And not the, I think not, the way no. he's described is kind of like this sort of sexy robot. And there would have been a very sexy graphic scene. Um, and he wouldn't have killed her. Right. And they right. Would have, fallen in love and been together forever for the rest of their lives. This seems um, quite relevant to your interests, if I may say so. Really? Me? Wink. <laughs> um, so you think that, like, so you think that uh, Mr. Sidney Parker and Charlotte Hayward, they're gonna yes, do the thing. But He's she, putting his finger while in they're, the... While they're doing it in the sex scene, they'd <laughs> in, be like, oh... 
call me Spruce. And then she would have been like, oh, call me Candida F. Buckets. The F is for Fanny. And then they would have done it. And it would have been great. And then they would have been together forever. Write what you know. Yeah, no. That's, um, by the way, great use of the single entendre. <laughs> um, I, okay, so don't you think... I don't, that... I don't know where I got the inspiration from. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, I, I would pick you up on one point, though. Don't you think that it's a bit obvious that uh, Charlotte and Sydney get together? Do you think yes, a... I do. I do think it's obvious. <laughs> But I'm just saying, isn't, don't you think he's a decoy love interest? A classic Austin... No, he's not a decoy love interest. He's a very attractive robot man. Right. Okay. That's, far, that's fair enough. I, 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 how would you resolve the other plot lines? What do you think about Cara? No, it doesn't Bridget? matter. Okay. All right. Just, so it's just all about this lady... It's fun. all about meat care. It's all about Charlotte. <laughs> that's, that's... Look, sometimes you just got to get your rocks off. That, that's true, and you know what? Honey? <laughs> I was completing the next line of the song. <laughs> I didn't realise you were a Primal Scream fan, Spruce Bruce. That's all we listen to in the future. Future, of course. Of course that because book, song, and Primal Scream. Because of feminism. Right? Because of feminism. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Gillespie, whatever his name is, is a that's his feminist name. hero. <laughs> that is his name. I find it hard to believe that he's a feminist hero, but <laughs> that is his name. Um... Josh, Ben, come on, guys. Well, I, I mean, I, some of these, some of these, some of these endings right now. I'm, I mean, I, I, I get the feeling that like, <sighs> Spruce, Spruce does not have an ending. Oh, he does. <laughs> oh, he finishes all right. Right. Candida seems a bit distracted. <laughs> I think it's up to us to try and get an ending for this thing. One we need word. to end this book. We need to end this book. One word for your ending. Go. On. Pirates. Oh! Wow. It's, this whole book has been set by the sea. Not one mention of pirates. That's very true. I think it's Jack Sparrow. Um, I mean, maybe pirates that, you know, are a little bit more respectful of women. But, um... Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Well, if you say so. <laughs> I just think it's remiss of Miss Austen here. Yes. Uh, no pirates. Because I think all of the plot lines can be tied up with pirates. Um, okay, so walk me through this. Walk me through this. How we tie up the um, the love interest with Sidney Parker and Charlotte Hayward? Um, a salty sea dog mm -hmm. arrives. Captain Jack Sparrow. Mm. Um, yeah, okay, I'll go with Captain Jack Sparrow. Or could it be but... Orlando Bloom? Captain now he, what, the he, pirate Orlando Bloom, the known pirate Orlando Bloom. Yeah, Captain okay. Jack Sparrow, but played by Orlando Bloom um, <laughs> uh, in yes. the film adaptation. Uh, so a salty sea dog, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, played by Orlando Bloom, uh, full name. Um, what if he was actually a sea dog? A literal sea dog. <laughs> I mean, again, that... So, that but then, I mean... Is barking all this. He was men. this character was going to be the love interest, the main, the, the final love interest for Charlotte Hayward, and as we already know, Austin's already covered the subject of bestiality in Fawns and Fornication. Right, so right, I think right, that, right, right. It would be too predictable for him to be a dog uh, in this. <laughs> what if he was a sex robot? <laughs> a sex robot sea dog. No, he's a sex robot. A pirate. Yes. He's also a pirate. Is that what you're talking about? And his name is. Spruce Bruce! <laughs> brilliant! Brilliant! You've just done it! It's brilliant! Well done, Ben! 
And Josh? <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. I don't think we've... <laughs> we've, we've, we've uh, to clarify, Spruce Bruce is anti-piracy hey, and okay. pro-paying for films. Yes, of course. Yes. And I, I agree with that. I totally agree with Please that. Please do not pirate my personality. <laughs> Why would anybody do that? <laughs> it's in high demand. I want my fridge to talk like that guy. <laughs> I, th that I think Candida would stream him instantly. <laughs> oh, I would. I'd climb aboard his ship and steal his booty. Oh god, so many metaphors being mixed right now. <laughs> but um, Ben, sorry, like you, so pirates, you pirates, sea dog, robot. Okay, he's come onto shore. He sweeps. Uh, Charlotte Hayward off her feet. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> takes a cutlass to uh, Sydney Parker. Well, okay. So yeah. a bit of like swashbuckling. It's, it's all swashbuckling from okay. here on in. I what think. does this do for Mr. Parker's tourism business? Is bids make something into a tourist attraction? Um, yes. I mean, we know that pirates are a money spinner. People will flock okay. for miles right, to right. Uh, come and play the ride, and you know they'll. Uh, in fact, it it will be Captain Jack Sparrow played by Orlando Bloom's ship that eventually gets brought up on land and hung up, and it becomes the first ever you know one of those rocking pirate ship uh, okay, rides. Okay. Oh, and then they do it on the ride. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that could happen as well. Jane Austen should have invented that. Okay. What about the poor? brother, uh, the poor cousin, uh, niece and nephew, who seem to be conspiring to get Lady Denham's fortune. Possibly, we don't know that. It could be a twist, but we don't know. We um, just know that they're doing secret meetings with each other. Yeah, people. well, they actually, I think, I think what would have happened is, um, they are actually spies from the pirate ship. They were press ganged at an early age. Pirate spies, um, I like it. And like it. they're not really the, the niece and nephew, but they're pretending to be. Okay. Um, and they found uh, Lady Denham's uh, map. Treasure. She had a map. She had a treasure map. Um, what? Okay. All right. All right. X marks the spot. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are. Yeah. They are looking for her inheritance, but her inheritance is in a chest buried under underground. This is very similar to a um, episode of Scooby Doo I once watched. Actually, uh, was it about pirates? It was. Yeah. All pirate stories are the same. Okay. All right. All right. Fair but enough. I just think this should be. You've one seen. Of them. You've seen. You've got a handle on all the pirate elements. It seems very yeah. satisfying. Um, that you've. Like you introduce pirates into the plot, and suddenly the pirates just basically wrap everything up. Exactly. Um, um, Josh, I mean, uh, what about you? What's your What's your take on well, that? I think Ben's kind of overcomplicated it. You know, I think the book is very much nearly done. I think you've added too many details because I think Sandy Tron had sort of been. Fuck you and your milkshake. <laughs> oh. What? Oh. I. I wow, you went all twenty first century there. I you know. Do. I've been picking stuff up from, from watching Netflix right. and sitting on the bus. Yeah, yeah. You've been watching too much loophole. But I've been sitting on the bus too much as well. I can't afford a car. It's I the vibrations. You enjoy that, don't you? <laughs> I do. Oh, I do. Yeah, machines, right? Well, I'm sorry, Ben. I think you've overused the pirates. You know, I think the pirates don't need that much uh, screen time. Because once Sandy Tron gets on stage, mm -hmm. on, on the stage that's also... I mean, as... as uh, as uh, Candida mentioned, so once they get their rocks off, mm. the, Pebble key, Beach. The, the, the two ring holes, where the two keys, that both 
um, Miss Lamb and Mr. Parker right. uh, both own, of course, which of is, course. is, is repeatedly course. mentioned. They go, they, she has a, a ring with a strange gear insignia on it. Mm, and once okay. they get their rocks off the beach and they put in their keys into the things, Sandy Tron rises out of the sand and proceeds to blast everyone to pieces <laughs> with the laser, laser beams. I mean, of course, like uh, Lady Denim. Uh, Obliterated, Charlotte. Obliterated, and I think I think that's really the 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 spectre of global warming that we are all really sensing because of uh, the fact that so many of the windows that were made in this time were single glazed, so so we ended up just all dying. So that's your. So rather than have pirates wrap everything up. You want the giant sand robot to kill everyone, and that's the end of the book. Well, it's 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 not made of sand. Okay. It's, it's made of single glazing. <laughs> okay. Um, well, isn't glass just sand? Well, glass is hot sand. Yes, melted. We sand. can get into that. Okay, basically, <laughs> we if, don't if have you heat up sand. We don't have to. to the right temperature and let it cool at the right rate. Yes. You can get glass, which is very much a, a, a very useful material because you can see through it, of course. I mean, yes. But it, yeah. but, but it, it, so you can have light coming. Yes, Thank I... you for revealing the secrets of glass. <laughs> they have been lost to the future <laughs> for some years. I, 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 I thought everything that. Uh, yeah, thanks for going into detail. I thought it was kind of like intimated by my mentioning of it and the references of it. But like, yes, uh, I'm glad we got into the minutiae of glass and hot sand there. Well, well, well. I think Austin would have wanted it, as of course. I mean, I mean, Stone Cold Steve. I, I, I'm, I'm good friends with Stone Cold. And, I did not know that. And I think he, he's a great fan of his his great grandmother's. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. and he's if you don't if if I don't know if I'm outing him here, but he's a bit of a. He's a bit of a romantic himself. He's 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 come up with the alternate endings to every single of his grandmother's books. His grandmother, his great grandmother's books. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it. Pride and Pride and Prejudice. Similarly, that's in not... Stone Cold's ending, a massive robot comes out of the ground and blasts everyone to pieces. And of course, this is Stone Cold's imagination, right? He, he has the same genes, the same... the blood! See, I think your suggestion for the ending, I think we've actually basically suggested the same thing. But mine is more period-appropriate. <laughs> and yours is a more modern... I think basically yours is the weird sort of... It's anachronistic, maybe... right? Well, anachronistic. I think I think it's sort of... it's. Uh, it's the modern, I think, a film version set in the future, but based on Sanditon would fit very much what just basically. Oh, we're not bringing it into the twenty-first century. No, we're not. We're not. No, no time travelling. No time travelling. Jo oh, Josh's okay. Josh's suggestion is to Sanditon what Clueless was to Emma. I see. You're That's, updating it for like yes. our um, okay. In times. that case, Ben, I think. I think you're. I apologise. Yeah, and I, I accept your milkshake. I, I take well. I take back my profanity, and I've done my best, as you'll see, to mop up your milkshake. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, just ring it back into my glass, and I'll slam it up. I hate to see a wasted milkshake. Just on this to podcast. clarify, every drama about women has to be period appropriate. Is that classic <laughs> robot humor? Classic uh, robot humor. Is that what they teach you in the future? Oh, well, I suppose with all the feminists, all. All humour is menstrual based. <laughs> Largely. <laughs> That's all women like. Jokes about periods and whimsy. Mm. It's true. <laughs> I, I, I think you've come to some very interesting conclusions. I, I like the uh, 
Intervention of the Pirates. I like that. I, I like the fact that you took on the little secret details about the fact that, like, we're right by the sea. Pirates, right? Pirates. Just uh, stands out to me. I would say, though, that you have neglected one very important character, and that is the character of Miss Lamb, though. Like, what part does she have to play in all of this? This uh, uh, well-to-do lady from the West Indies who is very, very eligible bachelorette, when you think about it. 17 years old, very rich, uh, half mulatto, you know? Like, well, of course, she gets together with Mr. Calrissian, and, uh, and I think the rest Orlando, of the Lando Calrissian. No, Loophole Calrissian. Loophole Calrissian. Miss Lamb. Miss Lamb. Lamb do Calrissian. Well, uh, maybe too many steps. No, I'm there. I'm there, buddy. I'm there. I'm there. I'm right there. I mean, it took me a bit, but I'm there. I'm definitely there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why not? Why not throwing this 11th hour revelation about her character? That she's... In, she's Descended from a character who doesn't exist yet. Well, it's a long, long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. But space pirates isn't isn't yeah. I think this podcast is a little bit like this book. It doesn't have an ending. Yes. Yes. I mean, and <laughs> we're all going to die in about three weeks' time. Spruce. Wait, actually, this would be a good way to end this podcast. Find out everybody's ending. Spruce, Bruce. I'm unlocking all the memory overrides and the locks um, so you can tell us all how we're going to die. I know how I'm going to die. I know. It's pretty awesome. But... All of you will die through ironic deaths. Yay. Josh will have a bold building that he built fall on top of him. <laughs> but it'll be like that scene in a... What's the name of the silent movie star <laughs> who's not Charlie Chaplin? Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. Don't know why you know how he's gonna die, but can't recall who Buster Keaton is. But go on, go on. And we'll fall on him, and he'll go through the window. But the window will have double glazing. So oh, he will, he will, die, he will die. He will actually die. Candida. Candida buckets will be sent back in time, and will age super fast because of the time. When? Science. So, when, when, so will that happen before or after? I get to be with you, Wink. Yeah, do you... Do you During. Oh. oh okay. Do you come with me? No. Oh, God. I cannot come. Um, <laughs> what a sad, tragic life. Very sad. Ben will be killed by robot Jeremy Bentham. Oh. Who is furious at the misuse of his theories. <laughs> How did you misuse his, his theories? Uh, well, I haven't today, but... Uh, <laughs> Spruce Bruce is, of course, alluding to the uh, the comedy night that I run uh, called The Happiness Principle, which is in the pub formerly known as the Jeremy Bentham. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That was a prophecy of your death and a plug. Exactly. That was really elegantly done, Spruce Bruce. It was a plug, I see. <laughs> the, Jeremy, the Jeremy Bentham pub is a giant robot in disguise. Oh. He's a transformer who transforms into Jeremy. Well, it's just—it's just transformed into a different into a pub called Simmons Euston Square. That's uh, which is definitely a better name for a pub. It's a, it's a, ro- it's a robot it's that a transforms brick. into Jeremy Bentham to integrate into society. It's a brick transformer made of masonry. <laughs> <laughs> With single glazing. <laughs> right, okay. 
I thank you very much for joining me today for this um uh for this podcast or whatever it was that we did today. Um, I I guess like um does anybody have anything they want to plug uh, uh right now? Well, we've we've had your plug uh Ben um and it was a very nice plug. Well, I heard there were the, the two guests you normally have on um mm-hmm. Alice Burden mm-hmm. and Daniel Often Dan Often mm-hmm. they have a show. Uh, they're doing a stand-up comedy show at the Edinburgh Fringe. Ooh, okay. The 19th, 19th to the 26th of August at Barbados. Mm-hmm. Um, their room has changed. Okay. It was meant to be in room seven. It's now in room three. You're awfully well-informed, Candida. <laughs> I am. She's a spy. She's a I'm spy. I'm a spy. Yeah, well done. And, um, oh, well, Alice emailed me. We're roommates. We live together. Seems like a very late detail to drop into the <laughs> proceedings, but uh, I'm not going to question this. I'm not going to question this. Anyway, it's at seven o'clock, Edinburgh. Well, Spruce Bruce, do you have anything you, you, you wish to plug? I need to plug myself in, because I am running out of power. Classic robot humour. <laughs> Love this guy, this horny robot guy. Uh, well, while we're still in plugs, last time I was here, I plugged the uh, Cliss Valley Choral Society yes, concerts right. in, in East Devon. Um, and so thank you to all the Faking Lit listeners that <laughs> flooded in. Uh, it was great. But so I would just like to take the same opportunity, if I may. Uh, the 31st of July to the 6th of August, the Exxon Singers are having a, their annual festival in Tavistock in Devon. So uh, get, along to, get along to that as well. Are they playing any of the old stuff? Uh, it's all old stuff. <laughs> Because uh, I, I don't like it when you turn up and they are playing all the new ones. No, they're so playing the you, hits. You want to hear the hits, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like, you Bit know, of Bach, bit of Monteverdi, the, all the hits. I love that shit. That one, especially. I like that one. What yeah. about... Uh, I mean, it's a bit, like, overdone, that one. They don't like playing that one. Oh, that's a shame. Not coming. Well, that was pretty harsh. It's like, come to that arc. What a journey that was. <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest, right? Okay. I'm just being myself. That's fine, that's fine. Um, uh, I'm going to plug the the, uh, the old uh, podcast. Obviously, our email is fakinglitpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is uh, fakinglit.wordpress.com. Thank you for joining me this week. Um, why don't you come back next week, everybody who's listening, who's still listening... <laughs> I don't know how many of you are still listening. Um, but if you are still listening, why don't you come back next week uh, where hopefully this will make more sense and we'll be doing a book that has an ending. I think that's a crucial mistake we made with this episode. We chose a book which didn't have an ending. But until next time, hopefully join us for more literature and keep supporting your local bookshops. Bye! Bye. 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 Bye.